As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling? All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growling, Paul Hinder Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic. Excited to be with you. Jay, we started this episode <laughs> on Tuesday, and we just talked and talked. We just got so many thoughts, so many things we want to make sure you know, so much so many great interviews, Brandon Thorne, we had Mo yes. on, and we just, we got all out of, we got out of hand. I mean, that's what happens when you open the worms on O-line. There's just so much uh, to get to. There's so much history. There's so much what if. Um, so yeah, we don't we want to shortchange people. We wanted to cover all the bases and we did and then some. So now we pivot. Now, yeah, now we pivot. And that means let's talk defensive line. We have a lot to say in that regard. Um, I think it's a very interesting position when you consider where they've been and where they're going, and there's just a lot to touch on there. So let's do a full-on dive uh, into the defensive line today. There's a, there's a couple aspects to this I want to talk about. Again, we, we talked about the trends. We talked about 22 years. We talked about first, second round avoidance. We talked about the mid-round honey hole. All of that stuff is kind of a part of it, and take that into mind. The bottom line is, though, they are looking at defensive line, and the history may be what it is. They're looking aggressively. They're focused on it. It is a priority, something they want to fill and potentially fill early in this draft. Um, I think when we talk about the round one options, I, I think there's a – to me, there's a list here. Um, Nolan Smith of Ohio State, Miles Murphy – uh, Brian Brzee, Kalijah Kansi, uh, Mozzie Smith from Michigan, and Keon White, West Virginia, Edge from, from West Virginia. I think this is the universe for the most part of, of who you're talking about there. Am I, you're looking, you're going to say Keon's Georgia Tech, right? Oh, sorry. Georgia yeah, Tech. Yeah, what am yeah. I doing? Thank you. Georgia Tech. Um, Yellow. 
So <laughs> <laughs> I saw the yellow in my head. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, but anyway, so that, to me, that's the universe uh, of players you can have there at 28, and it's up and down the line. It's it's a nose tackle of the future. It's a three technique. It's an edge. I think they're all there. There are tweener guys in there. I think they're all in play. I don't think there's necessarily a type that they would be staying away from there. Um, what are your thoughts on that universe? Well, I mean, I I, th- I feel like they're pretty set at edge. And yes, if a guy that's on their board falls, that that would be in play. But I can't see them going edge in the first round because they they are pretty well set right now at, at that spot. Um, yeah, you would like to get a little more juice, but are you going to invest a first round pick in that? And then th- that guy's probably not going to play much but behind Hendrickson and, and Hubbard. I don't like a nose tackle in the first round. I, w- I could see a three tech because it is such a position where you you want the help for B.J. Hill. But even then, they're high on Zach Carter. They really think he's going to make a leap this year. So I I don't know. The, the one guy I don't like, and th- I, I found this interesting, is, is, is Cansey from Pittsburgh. Just how it's weird. The weird thing is we spent all this time talking about trends and the Bengals kind of set the trend with, with the Geno pick for the, the smaller guys there. Mm-hmm. And did they, did they say, well, wow, we found something here and turn that into a trend. No, they said we caught lightning in a bottle. It's probably not going to happen again. And they went the other way. You look at the defensive tack or the, the three techs they've drafted most recently, Zach Carter, 6'4", Rennell Wren, 6'5", Andrew Brown, 6'3", Devin Still, 6'5". I mean, those those guys, it, it's not like they they said, hey, we found something here where you can find these explosive shorter guys. I just I don't think Cansey fits the, the, the trend, and I think he's going to be a good player. But I just – that first-round pick, maybe, maybe their first pick of the draft, one of those guys, if they slide. But at 28, I just – I don't know. I, I I don't know where I would rank it, but I don't think it's a very high likelihood that it's it's a D lineman. You you do need the DJ Reader succession plan, but again, a nose tackle in the first round just doesn't make a lot of sense. What is interesting, and if you look at the the top thirty visits, they've they've already had at least four edge guys in. Yeah, but you look at last year, and they they had a crap ton of tight ends in for top 30 visits and they didn't even draft one so there, there, there's no i don't know if you can read tea leaves there or not um but if i had to pick one of those maybe mozzie smith just because the what you know bruce feldman's number one on his freak list he can be so much more than just a nose tackle yes he could be the the succession plan for reader but he can do so many other things and he he hits that that team captain and just that that linchpin where he could really be a, a locker room, a culture fit for this team as well as positional fit. But I still I don't see him going D line in the first round. Okay, I have many thoughts on that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> one, let's talk about top thirty visits because we, they use them differently. I think these things mm-hmm. get. Um, talked about in different ways there's a couple of, there's there's three different types of top 30 visits there is guy they think will be a late round or priority free agent who they want who they really like who they want to feel comfortable here and they're trying to set a foundation for an undrafted yes. free agent 
who's like, man, they liked me. They brought me in. I like the staff. I'm going to go there. That's one. So you see a lot of these guys and you're like, that's just some crazy late round guy. What are they doing? That's part of how they like to use these. There's another one. There's guys they like to get a closer look at, whether it's physically, whether there's a character thing that they feel like a question they don't have answered, uh, that they just want to get some personality stuff in there. Um, it, there could be a number of different things. They can't work them out on those top 30 visits, but there's a lot of other things you can learn being around a guy for a day that you feel like are questions that are unanswered that they want answered, okay? That's one. Another one is deciphering through guys that they really like in a prominent spot. Like mm-hmm. I, I do not, this is a smoke. This, their top 30 visits to me have always been telling from the Bengals. If you really get to the bottom of, of the ones that they're doing because they feel like they want to know more or they're really targeting and trying to see between a few guys. So when I look at Miles Murphy and Nolan Smith coming in here, I absolutely believe that is real, and it's not just because of the top thirty. Um, I mean, I, I we showed you Miles Murphy. He is the Anarumo edge in every way, shape, and form. Man, he's got it all. He is. He's in the size. He's in the play style. He's he he is. He he's who you want. He's Trey Hendrickson, right? That's who you see him becoming. Uh, and he has been projected as high as a top 10 pick. But he's in that range that we talked about that was kind of where Dax Hill and Carl Loftus were last year, where a lot of the mocks that you really trust, the top 50s that you really trust, have where you could see that drop where he's sitting there in the mid-20s and could be one of those guys that's around. That would be a, again, no-move, run-to-the-podium type stuff. <laughs> Let me tell you, let me give you a number, Jay, that is why I disagree with you saying no edge. These numbers are 2024 cap, $17.5 million, $15 million in cap savings if cut, $2.5 million in dead money on that cut. Somebody who turns 29 this December, his name is Trey Hendrickson, mm-hmm. entering the last year of his contract, Okay. When you start flipping money over to potentially T. Higgins, to Joe Burrow, to Jamar Chase, and you start looking at where that money comes from, it's taking a guy who's going to be playing at age 30 on the edge and replacing him with a guy and making 17 in your highest cap hit at the time. To somebody who is a on a rookie contract playing at age 22 or 3 coming off the edge who you love and a first-round pick who can be great. To me, you know, that number is why I say edge. It's the Dax Hill pick. It's looking to next year. And that's, this is not me kicking Trey Hendrickson out the building, okay? <laughs> this is not me doing that. But let's you got to look at things this way sometimes when you're talking about where could it come from. That's a lot of money for the last year of his deal, Trey Hendrickson, at age 29, 30. And Trey, contrary to popular belief, is going to have a lot on the line this year to earn his staying around. You know, he's got to be really productive. He's got to be a badass this year uh, for them to want to hold on to a $17.5 million. Now, that's a deal when you look at a lot of other edge rushers. If he plays like Trey Hendrickson... 
this year again. I think you see, but if you starting to feel like you're seeing a decline or you're starting to see something else, like, uh, uh, if you're starting to, uh, then you look at that number differently. And I think you're thinking about that right now. When you think about the possibility of a Miles Murphy or a Nolan Smith, when you talk about character fits, when you start talking about that, I thought of Nolan Smith, who's a check, check, check on all that stuff. He's a different type of guy as well. You know, we've talked a lot about the Anarumo edge mold. Smith is different. He's smaller. He's quicker. He's a freaky edge bender. Lou likes to have different tools in the tool belt. Right. That could be a new tool in his tool belt. A guy like Nolan Smith, if he were to fall down. Now, these guys might not. There's some places where you see them going in the top 10, in the top te- in the teens. That's certainly possible. It's also possible they could fall. And I don't think that they would waste a top 30 on somebody they were for sure would go, you know, at 15. Yeah, I mean, if, if one of those two were to fall, it, it does change because you're right. You look at what they've done, filling the holes this year in free agency with with Irv Smith and, and, and Sidney at corner. I mean, you're not going to get an edge rusher in free agency on one of those. You know, if you if you're if you oh. don't get if you don't get him in the draft, uh, you're you're not you're replacing a Trey big, Hendrickson. Big number. Exactly. So this is where you have to get those guys. But again, it goes back to the trends where they 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 haven't done it in 22 years. Um, I don't. know. I, I was maybe working from the assumption that those two weren't going to fall. Uh, who knows? You're right. Maybe they do. I don't. I don't think people really expected Karloftis to be to fall quite that far last last year. Um, anything can happen. Um, and what you mentioned too is a good point because one of those four edge rushers I talked about with the visits is uh, B.J. Thompson from from Stephen F. Austin, who's Dane's got as a seventh rounder. So maybe yeah. that that's the foundational piece where they're talking. Hey, let's get, get a relationship yeah, established and try to get him in yeah. free agency. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, that is a good point because as, as much as Trey's going to be making, Trey probably thinks he should be making more. And, um, he is, he's, it, it's, it just, it, it, the time runs out on everybody. It's not here yet for Trey, but if, if you're talking about positions that where you have to have that, that long-term plan, then, then edge is definitely it. And I, I still, I like the depth there with Osai and we'll, we'll see, but, um, yeah, you, You've changed my mind a little bit where you, you I'm think I'm just saying long-term. think about it. And you can't have enough right. of those guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you really can't. Rush I mean, cover. you can talk about, you know, you can talk about pass rush downs where you pump Osai and yeah. Miles Murphy inside and have, or Hubbard inside and you have, you know, had, you, I mean, think about that. And you have, <laughs> you know, Hendrickson and Hubbard on the out, whatever, the, some combination of those guys all going together. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you can also do that with some of these tweener three techs. So, which goes back to Cansey. And, and, you know, I, we talked about Cansey last week and like dream scenarios. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I think the Aaron Donald thing is just so unfair. Right. To think that you're getting Aaron Donald with Kalijah Cansey. Look, he, Dane points this out in The Beast. We've talked about it. Um, it needs to be really re-emphasized. You would be using a first-round pick on an in interior on a three technique on an interior defensive lineman with a significant deficiency that we haven't seen in a decade. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kalijah Kansi's arm length. And I know people don't like we just made fun of arm length stuff, but like it's it's different when it's like this. Yes. Thirty and five eighths is off the charts in the wrong direction for a three technique. He would be the first defensive tackle with a sub seventy-four inch wingspan to be drafted. Drafted, not first round, drafted mm-hmm. over the last ten years. Playing on the interior with short arms like that is increasing your degree of difficulty by so much. He is a freak, right? Like his quickness inside, his power, it didn't matter at Pitt. Like he's productive. The numbers just blow your mind, like all that stuff. But look, when you're talking about a first round pick, you don't want to be talking about decade of deficiency at a something that really matters. I mean, we hear, it's one of the first things that, that these coaches talk about all the time. I mean, what do you like about a guy? Oh, I love his length. I love his power, whatever. I mean, you're going to be talking about a decade since somebody's been drafted with that kind of a wingspan. Let me bring a few other uh, arm lengths. I mentioned 30 and five eighths. Okay. Let's just throw some other ones for points of reference here. BJ Hill, 33, Zach Carter, 33 and a half. Larry Ogunjobi was 32 and five eighths. Aaron Donald, was 32 and five eighths. Chris Jones, 34 and a half. Okay, Geno Atkins was 32. And he was like, small, small, worried, small, fourth round, small. You know, we know how that turned out. Javon Hargrave, 32. Jonathan Allen, 33 and five eighths. These are prominent, high performing three techs, which is what you're supposed to be getting at that spot. This is not me saying Kalaja Kansi can't overcome that, be great, he's a freak, all those things are incredible. Like there's plenty to say he could overcome this. He is creating an uphill climb for himself and this is a serious issue that you have to be considering, are you okay with this? And I I don't know if they would be. I, I just yeah, don't I mean, know. I mean, you talked about the the first in over a decade with a sub 74 wingspan. Those those four D tackles that I mentioned that the Bengals drafted um all of them, at least 81 wingspan. Carter and Devin Still, Andrew Brown, Rennell Wren. That's just that's the type they like 
Um, it, it will, it, I, yeah, we saw Tyler Lindenbaum last year. That was the, the knock on him. Short arms. He played pretty well. Guys can overcome that, but is, is that a risk that a, a team is, is willing to take in the first round when you've got a, a, a Super Bowl window that is wide open? Yeah. Um, Let's go to later rounds here where, you know, we see the Bengals more traditionally at. There's a couple of names, and this 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 ties into the Kalijah Kansi conversation a little bit. And I, I want to talk about Adetamiwa Adeborie, okay? Northwestern. Right you are. Yes. Um, so the, the Combine Star, okay? Mm. Raw, play on the outside. Um, Dane has him as the, you know, a guy who would be around at 60, right? Second, third round type of guy. He's moving inside. He's again, his numbers, his body uh, size is similar to Cansey. Six, six, one and a half, 282, almost identical in that to, to Cansey. The difference is everything else is better. Like he's, act, he's an incredible, he's a much better athlete in, in every way. I mean, four, four, nine, 40. What are we? What are we talking about? That's insane for somebody at at that size. You know, Cansey, who's a freak athlete, four six seven. You know, you're talking about uh, Adebore with the one point five five first ten. I mean, Cansey was the freak at one point five eight. The rest of these guys are up in the one sevens. You know, all these numbers. His his arm length thirty three and seven eighths. Okay, now you're a little more behind the concept of. Uh, you know, small, he's a tweener size. Now this is like pass rush down playing inside guy that you love so much. He's third down playing next to BJ Hill inside of Osai and Hendrickson or whatever, you know, that mm-hmm. and something that they looked for last year that they kind of thought maybe Zach Carter could be last year that they saw in some of those guys. You, I see it more in him almost than Cansey. He's more raw. He's more of a project. I think they're okay with that. Um, and he'd be around in a second round. Also, tons of great character stuff, relentless motor stuff, all the things that the Bengals love so much. To me, um, he gives off, in a way, the Margus Hunt vibes. Not you hope it would turn out different, but I didn't have any problem with the Margus Hunt pick. It was a... Man, traits galore, every reason to be like just freaky traits in every way. You take that shot in the second round over and over again because you could have something special if it comes together. You can say that, I think, about Adeborie, and that is, to me, I, I circle I circle that as if we're talking about that size. Um, I'd be more likely to, I think you'd be more likely to see them do that at 60 than even Cansey at 28 if he was there. Yeah. A, a, a guy that I liked at 60, I don't know if he'll be there at 60, but I mean, you never know with any of these guys, but, uh, Jervon Dexter from Florida, who was Zach Carter's teammate last or two years ago. Um, same thing, you know, he's, he's six, five, he's got the 81 inch wingspan. He fits that mold that the, the Bengals have liked to target with these guys. And the, the phys- all the physical stuff's there. The question is motor and, and drive, all that kind of stuff. And I, I almost, it, it, that's a little bit of a red flag. But when you're talking about a D line room where where he's got a former teammate, 
where he's got Sam Hubbard, where he's got Trey. They're not going to let that guy slack off. They're, I mean, they're going to get him, whip him into being a pro. They talk about that all the time. Learn how to be a pro. Um, I don't know if he's if he would be there at sixty. Dane's got a second round grade on him, but he he was one that that just kind of stuck out to me. If they did go early, uh, that that would be a good fit in there. And again, it's it you just don't know. But the, the traits part of it and the trend part of it, it just it, it hits so strong with this team. And um, I I do think that if if that's the direction they go for a three tech, it's it's gonna it's gonna look like that. It's gonna look like the bigger guy and not the cansey. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. For that reason, you know, I like Benton, Keanu Benton. I've mentioned him a number mm. of times on here. He's kind of an all juice team guy. I'm actually, I'm, <laughs> I'm always excited to see the the Therese Paler Memorial uh, all juice team come out now. Um, I always loved it when Therese did it, and I look forward to seeing it now. They're Bengals guys. Like Cam Taylor Britt mm. was on that last year. It's the types that they like. Uh, I wonder if a guy like Keanu Benton would be on it, who kind of has that reputation from Wisconsin, big ascending. Looks like, you know, 6'5", 309, looks like a big three technique type, looks like B.J. Hill um, in a lot of ways. Um, he, he certainly makes sense. Uh, I mentioned Kobe Turner uh, of Wake Forest in my trends mock. Just looking at, again, you get into it when Dane starts talking about competes hard, plays with reckless abandon, teammates and coaches rave about his work ethic and drive. You can already hear the Bengals repeating that in the press conference in the fourth or fifth round or something like that. It's it's the type of things when you go through the beast that you want to be looking for for Bengals guys. They're going to latch onto that. They're going to emphasize that. They're going to move guys up a, you know, a half a round, a round because of that stuff because that's the type of thing that they think fits in in their locker room and gets the most out of some some already talented players. Um, you- go ahead, Jay. I was going to say, uh, who, who was the guy who was from Wake Forest? It was an offensive lineman last year that all the Bengal fans fell in love with. Zach, uh, yeah, was it Zach Tom? I can't remember who it was. but uh, Zach doing, Tom? Zach Tom? Zach Tom, yeah. Short, Zach shuttle, Tom. short shuttle King. Yeah. Yes. Went to uh, the, the version of that this year is Moro Ojomo from Texas. Sure. He, he is showing up on uh, all these mock drafts that you guys are sending in. He's everywhere. I mean, he is the Bengal fan pick so far, and I've still got a lot more to go through, but I was stunned to see how many of you guys are targeting him in that fourth and fifth round. Must follow Joseph Osai on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Always, always, uh, you know, standing for his old Texas uh, folks. Um, all right. So that's kind of a little bit of a defensive line snapshot. More on that as we get really close to the draft. And we start going across positions right now. We're just kind of going vertical right now through some of these options. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of stack them against each other a little bit more as we get into draft week. That's next time we'll touch on them probably. Or once Dane does, of course, when he yeah. comes on with us. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, everybody, that's been in the questions. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some of these. And, you know, mock draft mailbags coming out, more mailbags. We've got, you know, maybe we'll get to a lot of these questions uh, on the Thursday show since we went really long this week. But we got to let's get to Arby's. Uh, Jay, what do you got? Oh, by the way, people, people that don't, uh, we have to refresh this all the time. Any related bangles, insights, extras, and stories is what Arby's is an acronym for. People are like, what is Arby's? I must have missed this when it first came up. <laughs> Any related bangles, insights, extras, and stories. What do you got, Jay? 
Yeah, with the key word there being any, any. because um, I'm going to go with uh, Joe Burrow and Sam Hubbard uh, being at UFC 287 this week. I just I just have questions. I, I wonder. <laughs> I are have th- questions. Uh, well, I mean, I get it. They're, it's a big event, but are, are these guys huge UFC fans? Yes. Are they, Burrow's talked about that a bunch. I mean, so he's buying the pay-per-views and watching it, or is it about the energy and being in the arena? And- Remember when he went to the, he did the thing where he got in, he, they, him and his buddy, like he went with Cheeto and Jesse Bates last year and they yes. did the like UFC that set was- up the introduction thing for him where they, he yeah. went to one in Columbus. He does love it. He does love UFC. Yeah. That, that was going to be another, the, not good that uh, Cheeto and Jesse were the guys that were with him last year because one no longer on the team, one got injured, totally off the rec- off the, off the path there. But um, I, I wonder too, like what what do they do? Because they were there with the Boses, their teammates at Ohio State. They go to Vegas. You know they're not just flying in, going to the fight, and then going home. It, but what can those guys do? You they can't sit down at a poker table. They can't sit down at a black. I mean, there's no way you you can be left alone. So what is what is their what do they do for fun besides those five, six hours that they're sitting there ringside for UFC? Well, I don't want to know, but let me tell you, there is a there is a there is a Vegas that doesn't exist for people like yeah, me and yeah, you, Jay. Yeah. Vegas is VIP central. There's VIPs, right. there's secret rooms, there's secret doors, there's undergrounds, <laughs> there's bottle service that you and I don't know about, Jay. We sit down <laughs> at the Imperial Palace, oh, we God, eat the I've bad stayed. shrimp. And we, we, we do what we do, whatever our version is, okay? These guys do a very different Vegas. Vegas is set up for these guys, man. They, they're, they're living their life, all right? No, I, and theirs is different. Theirs is even different than Jamar Chase and T. Higgins who want to be out there. They don't mind being out there. And they're out there and they're, do, they're at the club, whatever. That's fine. I think there's a, there's a lot of very secret Vegas that these guys are very excited about. Also, on, on that note, shout out. Good to see Carl Lawson hanging out with the boys yeah. again. Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson, good friends. Uh, they have the same birthday, people. Sam always points that out to me whenever I talk about the same exact birthday as Sam Hubbard. Uh, and they've been good friends ever since they were uh, they, they came in. And so good to see Carl hanging out with the boys again. Uh, who knows? Maybe he'll end up back in Cincinnati at some point. Um, and maybe one of the Boses would. Maybe, let me just get that crew here. That's what you do. You just you bring get Burrow to bring the Bosas on a veteran minimum deal if they <laughs> yeah. ever get let go. Sounds like you take that right. You take <laughs> Hubbard and the Bosas. Yeah, you take that. Um, I have. So I'll 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 I have two things. I have one that's I have one that's fun that I'll get to. I want to end on a fun note. I want to talk about the T Higgins thing. Mm-hmm. Uh just because it's out there, people are asking about it. Um obviously there's been reports from the internet. Uh none of it's confirmed and I I think there's certainly some smoke to it. Um in in the fact that whenever you have him commenting, uh, saying his agent is the best and some of the stuff that's out there and, and we hear stuff too. I just don't look until I have something official until I have something that feels more concrete than what's currently out there. Um, I'm just not, I'm not going to go with that. We're not going to be doing, we're not going to ever participate in that. That doesn't mean that there aren't things that we hear, that there aren't things that are being said, that there isn't a lot of chatter too, but people ask us all the time about chatter and the smoke and, and yeah, see it, hear it 
have asked about it, have talked to sources, things like that. We're just, you know, until there's something more solid, it's not something that you're going to hear or see in any official capacity from us. I just want to sort of address it that way. Um, but yeah, it's out there. If it happens, there would be a lot of ripples from that. It would be a big deal. There's reasons you could see it happening now when you start talking about timing, when you consider what with the draft about to happen, you consider um, you know, what that would mean for the future of that position. There's a lot of I think there's a deadline when you talk about when you think about last year in this conversation with Jesse Bates. Um you know, when they drafted Dax Hill, it stole a lot of leverage from David Mogetta and his side in those conversations. And it was something the Bengals had to do. So you got to think that that's not something they would want to do again, um, is, is see that stolen from them potentially with a draft pick um, where you see them plotting the future. Um, and the Bengals don't want to have to do that anyway, but there is a decision time where, okay, maybe that's why that, it's, that you could see something happen. We don't know that yet, but if that is the case, you could see that being part of a reason why there would be action spurred in wanting to get numbers on the books early with Burroughs contract coming later and wanting to get um, from T's side ahead of any potential drafting or in the Bengals wanting to have that knowledge that that position is set. What will happen? I don't know. Nothing fully on that yet, um, but it's obviously being monitored. Okay, I have a more fun thing. Jay, I, I don't want to steal. Do you have any other? No, no, you covered it all with T. And- okay, I have I have one more. I went to uh, with my girls. We went to a a Easter egg hunt at Mad Tree on Saturday morning, which is fun. Like they were stoked for it all week. I mean, they couldn't stop talking about it. Um, Mad Tree Easter egg hunt. Mad Tree Easter egg hunt. It's it's great. They open the doors to the place at 10, and that hunt is going to be going off around 10, 20, 10, 25, something like that. So come on in and put the kids go into the, their back kind of uh, almost like a warehouse. They hold some of their bigger events where there was the staging area for all the kids. And they have somebody saying, if you're here for the Easter egg hunt, go take your kids back there. If you want to have a drink while you wait for it to start, go grab a drink. So... My wife takes the, the girls back to the staging area. I'm like, oh, a couple of mimosas. We're going to get you. Yeah, okay. So I go to the bar. I'm waiting. I thought I was moving pretty fast. We were early. I'm thinking pretty good. Get the mimosas. And I'm walking down the long hallway back towards the staging area. As I get closer, I hear, ready, <laughs> set, go. There were about 150 kids Oh my God. in this backstaging area. And apparently they started early or before I thought they were going to. And myself and one other person, it reminded me of like, you're a running back in blitz pickup. (laughs) And like, here comes Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons and Joey Bosa, all free runners, right? Is what it felt like. And you just, you just, you just kind of freeze. You don't try to block anyone. You just freeze. And I'm holding my drinks and just hoping I don't get run over by all these kids that are sprinting around me. You know, think running of the bulls. Think like Jurassic Park when they're all the dinosaurs are running and they start passing the humans, right? Like <laughs> yes. this is how it felt for me. I, I just started to jump off to the side and get out of the way. That was that. That would be me in blitz pickup, pretty much at that point. Uh, but uh, it all was out of the way. Um, it was me just trying to jump the heck out of the way. And there, it was just funny. It cracked me up. I thought about, uh, those 
whenever you see somebody, you just is like, I don't even know who to block. I'm just going to block no one. Is is kind of uh, where it ended up. It was fun. I love Easter egg hunts, and it was fun. Shout out to Matcher for putting that on and uh, putting me in that very scary situation. Megan has to have video of that, right? No, they were way no. further back in line. There's a lot oh. of kids there. They were at the back yeah. of the line. There were a lot of kids running past me. 150, 150 kids. I would say eggs. about 150 kids. They said they had 300 <laughs> register, and I would say there was about 150 kids there. Yeah. I mean, you saw the story, right, from Dayton, where they they the the mall had to chastise. They had adults. Adults like, got to knocking get out of kids there. over. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Come on, adults. So come on, adults, Let's get over it. Uh, all right. So that wraps us up. Thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate everybody for checking in. Um, we'll be back with more, uh, plenty more to dive into. And again, mentioned we'll be talking to Dane soon. Looking forward to having him mm-hmm. on. All of that coming your way as we dive through the positions, uh, as we go through plenty more to get to uh, going through draft season. Uh, all right. Thanks everybody for listening. We will uh, talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.